Hey everyone, I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Today, we have on with us Eunice. Eunice is a certified dating coach and the founder of The Art of Dating, and we're going to be talking about all things dating in your 20s. We're so excited. Eunice, thank you so much for being here with us. Oh, thank you both, Julia and Brenda. It's a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, we were already having a great conversation before the show started, so we're, we're really excited to get into it. So I think we should just dive right in. I'm so curious, Eunice, how did you first get into this line of work and what Mm -hmm. made you want to step into dating coaching? Yeah, you know, it it makes perfect sense looking back, but at the time you would have never known, right? I mean, when I Mm -hmm. went to college in New York City, um, I attended grad school in New York as well. I don't think that this industry even existed. And if you had, no one knew about it, right? So all of those folks in your, you know, starting out your careers in your 20s, by the way, don't dream big. There are positions out there that are being literally created that you don't even know about, right? So, but as most things in my line of work, there's the dotted line to my childhood. Surprise, <laughs> right? So I had a challenging childhood. I, I had a, you know, it was chaotic. There was a lot going on. And uh, as a result, I was really curious about just learning about psychology and human interaction and mo- their motivations and, you know, reward and punishment and why people do certain things. And so I ended up, um, I ended up studying psychology in college and just delved into it a little bit more. And, you know, in my 20s, don't ask me why, I certainly didn't have anything figured out in my 20s. But one thing that I always had behind me was confidence. And I felt like, you know, I had some sort of self-worth and I, you know, I dated, I, on paper, I dated high quality people, you know, who were good on paper, et cetera. So, um, so a lot of people started asking me for dating and relationship advice really at the time. And I'm always happy to, you know, share my two cents with anyone that is willing to listen. And then what I realized also kind of parallel to that is as I did more work for myself and did more inner work, and kind of figured out my stuff and what I'm bringing to the table and my patterns, because we're all driven by habits and patterns, by the way, uh, which is the culmination of all of our life experiences, which ends up being a, ha- a habit and a pattern, if you will. So um, so my relationships got better as I got better. And it wasn't a coincidence. And it was just kind of like a light bulb. And so um, since then, you know, people have, I've just really wanted to delve in. Also, I am a champion of women, right? And I have been since forever. And, uh, you know, my, my really, my passion in life is to support and elevate women to live their best life through, through relationships. And, and here's why I'm, I focus on relationships. It's because the quality of our relationships really do determine the quality of our lives. And it's especially true for women, right? And, there are, of course, a lot of differences, gender differences, et cetera. And, you know, it's not a way of complaining. It's just accepting reality and making good use of what we have that are available to us at the time. And so um, more recently, fast forward about six years ago, or so a good friend of mine, you know, she's on paper, smart, successful, attractive, life of the party, um, came to me and she, you know, she had, as many people do, by the way, she came to me, her relationship life was not working out the way she had hoped. And she had kind of the opposite problem, which was she had just an abundance of options for dates, but she ended up choosing people that ultimately weren't that good for her, right? And so she approached me and she said, hey, you know, can, I, can, can we do some work together? And I said, sure. And, uh, you know, that conversation ended up turning into four months and she just completely blossomed and turned into, I wouldn't say a different person. I mean, her, her core self, certainly, but she shed some of the protective layers and, you know, a lot of the defense mechanisms and a lot of the pain points that she never addressed fully, et cetera. And she, you know, she really inspired me. I give her a lot of credit because she said to me, you love doing this. You're good at it. You're so passionate about it. You could talk about it literally 24 seven. Why are you not doing this? 
uh, why are you not doing this? And I, th I thought to myself, my gosh, is there even an industry? And of course there was, you know, there's tons of people who, who do this. Oh my God. I didn't know anything about it. And everybody wants to date. So like, I feel yeah, like everybody the, wants the to pool date. is huge. <laughs> well, you know, everyone wants to date. Everybody has relationship problems at some point in their lives. It's yeah. normal, by the way, whether you're married, partnered in a committed relationship, just starting dating, whatever it is, right? There's, there's going to be challenges because we're human beings. Yep. And so I, I said to myself, why, why don't I do this? Like, yeah, maybe there is a path. And so I've reiterated or iterated or pivoted my career about three times uh, since starting out in financial services and then, you know, something else and now onto this. So that's the, I think, kind of a long, long-winded way of how I arrived. <laughs> yeah, so no, that's, cool. that's super cool. And and definitely like a, an area, just like Julia said, that I feel like so many people have questions about and want to know more about and garner more confidence in. So can you tell us a little bit about the art of dating in general and how the program actually works? Sure, sure. So I called it the art of dating for, for a couple of reasons. Uh, pe most people don't think of relationships as a science, right? It's a discipline like so many other fields. There's research behind it. There's data behind it. And so the art of dating is the intersection of science, best practices and relationships, plus the art of it, which is two people that kind of come to the table and have a back and forth, a unique dance, if it will, right? So in any relationship, those two people are only going to be able to create their own unique rhythm. You can't replicate that with anybody else, right? And that's the art part of it. That's the personality, the individuality that, that you bring to the table. And it's the intersection of the both. And so that's, that's why I call it the art of dating. And my, my, um, you know, my program basically essentially with any new client, there's a minimum of working six weeks on a weekly basis, mostly via Zoom these days. And it's really twofold. It's working on the inner self, the inner world, right? And then it's also coming up with some dating strategies that are very practical. So it's both. There's duality to it. And it's a lot of fun. And essentially a lot of people you know, are driven, as I mentioned earlier, just a few moments ago by habits and their previous experiences, and they're not consciously making these decisions, right? We, we just make them, we don't, we don't really think back, reflect and stop and pause and say, why am I making these choices? Why, do, why, is, this, why is this happening? Why do I see these patterns? What's going on here? What am I bringing to the table? So a lot of the stuff that we do is automatic, Right. And so that's the that's the doing the inner work, because we're the commonality in all of our relationships, by the way, whether it's intimate relationship, friendship, career. Right. And so there's a lot of power in that. that we're extremely powerful individuals. And once we understand that, we can drive a lot of change and really realize anything that we want to realize. So there's that part of it. And in conjunction, there's the actual strategy part of it. So, you know, it depends on everyone comes to me with different pain points, different issues. So it really depends. Some people come because they had a breakup and, you know, they're trying to heal and they want to start using dating apps again. They want to understand how to do that and vet potential people. You know, common thing I hear is I keep attracting unavailable people. What, what's going on there? Um, some people are coming out of a divorce and they want to get back into it, but they're not looking for marriage. I mean, so everybody has different issues. Uh, some people want to figure out if they want to stay in a relationship, if, if they want to leave. There are others who are just stuck in a pattern right? They're fighting about the same things and kind of keep butting heads about the same issues. So there's a host of different things. So that's the general platform. Uh, but I customize it based on each person's needs and what they're looking for and what their goals are. And so we'll together partner to work with, uh, you know, those goals, and then come up with an actionable, actionable plan to realize those goals. I love it. I love it. I mean, Brennan and I have met so many different types of coaches in so many different fields, like so many fitness coaches, business coaches, health coaches, what, you know, all of the different things. And it's like, why wouldn't you have a coach for dating? Like, why wouldn't you dig in deep for that? It just makes so much sense to me, yeah. um, especially with your psychology background. Like it just makes so much sense to me. We've also learned through this show, like so much about deep self work. Yes. And I think it's been such a blessing for Brenna and I to like have the opportunity that we have gotten to speak to people in our twenties to start, I feel like we've gotten ahead. We kind of cheated. We've like gotten ahead. We have a head a start. Bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Of sure. like doing yeah. this self work and really, you know, putting a lot of focus there where I think maybe if we didn't have these conversations, we wouldn't have, you know, realized how much it really affects 
everything in your yes. life. Yes. Um, so, and I, I mean, you've, you've already hit on a bunch of topics that I want to <laughs> dive into deeper. Um, but I, especially cause I know our audience is like a lot of twenties, yes. mostly twenties. Sure. I want to start off on one topic that a lot of 20 year olds engage in, which is like this hookup culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was just wondering, like from your background, do you have any thoughts on like the whole hookup culture scene, especially if someone who, who's like engaging in hookup culture, but like actually really wants a relationship? Yeah. A lot of our friends do that. They're like, you know, sure. dating around, hooking up with other people, casual hookups, but what they really do want is a relationship and have yes. trouble finding it in that scene. Quote yes. Unquote. Yes. I understand. I have a lot to say about it please, as I do about everything under the, under the Keep sun it as it relates to relationships. So you know, a couple of things I want to mention, the hookup culture is real and it's pervasive across many generations. So yes, they look different based on kind of the general age group, but it is a prevalent uh, way, you know, I think norm, it's become normalized, especially because of dating apps and there's always somebody available, right? There's always somebody like around the corner, literally, right? So that's part of it. But just to take a, take a step back, the 20s, you know what, you should have fun responsibly responsibly, right? But the, the reality is this, if you tell me what your daily habits are and who your close, closest five people are that you hang out with and spend the most time with, I can pretty much predict, or we can pretty much predict what, you're gonna, what your life is gonna look like five, 10 years from now, right? That's powerful. That's so powerful. And I think the good news is that's how much power each of us have. We can actually intentionally, proactively make these choices. And you know, yes, have fun in the 20s. I mean, I certainly lived my life very differently in my 20s than I do now in my 30s, et cetera, and 40s, you know, but um, I would say do it responsibly, do it safely. But this is the thing about relationships, right? People learn to be in good relationships. They learn to have relationship skills. They learn how to be good partners through practice, right? And through practice of being in safe relationships, if you will. And I don't mean safe in a, of course, physically as well, but emotionally, Right. So what happens is a lot of people, and I understand it, I mean, I was part of this as well. A lot of people have fun and they're not thinking about it. They're just like going from one, you know, one hookup to another, kind of aimlessly wandering uh, and sacrificing a lot of our authenticity, a lot of what we really need and what we crave. And there's a cost to that because what happens, for instance, with women, if you want to have a family one day, right? I'm not saying that's the only path. There are many paths of success, by the way, that's for each, each people to decide for themselves. You know, all of a sudden wake up, like you're, you're having fun in your twenties. And when you hit 30, you don't all the life bulb doesn't go on and say, Oh my gosh. And now I, I, now I'm going to be this new person. And the person that I've been dating for the last 10 years, all of a sudden is ready because they, they, you know, they, they're a year older. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Right. So everything that we do, today builds toward something that we want so we can create good habits around that and do it responsibly and have fun as well right so so the thing about relationships is there's real value in dating and there's real value in being in relationships that don't work out you're actually there test test cases where you can practice these things figure out hey do i really like these kind of qualities in a relationship what's working for me? What's not working for me, right? So every time you go from one relationship to another, I would advise taking a pause, right? Doing an autopsy. And I, I will, you know, we can talk a little bit more about that, but, um, and then figuring out what's working for me, what's not working for me. What can I do more of? What am I bringing to the table that's working and that's not working? What kinds of people am I attracting? What are my patterns? And then you implement those things, pivot. And the next relationship, you test that out again, right? So, so, listen, relationship skills are not something that 99.9% of us learned growing up. It doesn't mean that our parents didn't love us. It doesn't mean that they didn't do the best they could. They're two separate things. They're not mutually exclusive, right? So, so, um, so you know, we, I certainly, and many people have spent thousands of dollars getting fancy degrees, undergrad, grad school, et cetera. I, I'm certainly guilty of that as well. And they don't teach us in school two of the most important things, in my opinion relationship skills and finance 101. Okay. Two of the most important things that are going to drive your life and the decisions you make. And so what happens, we just end up toggling and figuring out and really just, and what, you know, most people end up doing the same thing over and over again with different people in different environments thinking, because the people in the context change, 
that it's they're gonna get different results and more yeah. often than not that's not the case yeah. yeah yeah have fun but do it responsibly and be intentional it's never too early to learn these skills yeah. you're never too young to you know to figure out kind of what what resonates with you who you are what your values are how you want to live by that and it's not perfect science you know the thing I, you know, I spend a lot of time, I, I mentor and spend a lot of time with students in my college, and I'm very involved with my school. And one of the things that I, and they're high achievers, and they, they don't, you know, they're disciplined, I don't need to, I'm not there to like, they encourage them, they, they're good on their own. Right. But one thing that I do let them know is, hey, take the pressure off of you, you don't need to figure out what you want to do, you don't have to figure everything out. And by the way, this is really important, you are allowed to change your mind. Yep. This is so important because I think for, especially for women, we feel like we have to commit to that and make it work and we're not allowed to change our mind and otherwise we're deemed as a failure or, you know, this and that. It's, it's, not, it's not based on anything that's real or factual, right? So we're allowed to change our mind. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, spend your 20s figuring out what resonates with you. Yeah. And when you want to pivot, you can, it's okay. Right? Ooh, that's super powerful. I think sure. also- the, the reason why is what you said about that with people feeling like they have to make things work. I think a lot of times people in honestly, probably at any age, but in their twenties feel like once they find something that's working for the most part, um, or maybe not at all. I think some people are afraid of ending up alone again. So yeah. they try and like make things fit that might not quite be working. And I love all of those questions that you said, we're big, Julie and I are huge on asking ourselves questions and encouraging our listeners to ask, mm -hmm. because I think we can be so passive, right? We can just be like, oh, this is the way things are supposed to be. And I think that those types of questions really allow us to get more clear on what we actually want and mm -hmm. get more clear on like being a complete person ourselves. And then kind of trying to find someone that complements that too. So kind of to keep going off of your expertise, what are some of your tips that you think would really help people kind of figure out what they want in a partner? So like, what do you believe are really like some of the fundamentals to a really successful partnership? Yeah, yeah. So what I think, and we'll, we can all go broad and then we can drill down on some of the specifics. Find somebody with shared values. There are a lot of things that you need to compromise or I, I like to use the word negotiate. I don't compromise as basically sacrificing one one's needs for the great you know good of the other negotiating is when you get a win-win situation and my that's my interpretation of it so that's cool I like that yeah so I like to use the word negotiate so listen relationships in life require a lot of flexibility and negotiation or if we think that we're going to show up and everything is going to be done our way good luck to you right <laughs> it might work for the first two months but it's you're not going to be you know in a fulfilling enduring happy relationship long term so um so it's that. So there are a lot of things you can fl be flexible on. You should be flexible on. Values is not one of them. Okay, that's not that's core to who you are, right? So figure out what your values are. And if you don't know, follow how you spend your time, energy, and resources. That will follow your values. Okay. And if they don't match up, it's a good time to take a pause and say, "Huh, I thought my values were this, but this is not how I'm actually spending all of my energy." Interesting. Okay, what, what, what adjustments do I need to make on the front or the back end, right? There's also shared long-term goals and vision. So you can date somebody who's amazing, by the way, and who's great on paper. And if they never want to get married and you do, it's not going to work, okay? It doesn't mean that you'll, you won't have amazing times together. You could have amazing times for years together, but down the road, it's not going to work. So find somebody who kind of generally wants similar things. And a lot of people are so afraid to, let people know on dates and starting out in relationships what they want. It doesn't mean, by the way, that you want these things with them, okay? It just means you want these things one day with the right person. Absolutely. So so take that off the table, mm -hmm. right? You're allowed to ask for what you want. It doesn't mean that that person is the right person to give that to you or that it's going to work, right? Um, and then there's, uh, you know, there's uh, lifestyle, right? So lifestyle could mean a lot of different things. We all have narratives based on our experiences, upbringing of what we want to do and what that means to us. And I'll give you a perfect example. Money is a big one, right? You know, and how, do, how does that play out? For example, uh, it's not a function of bank account, by the way. It's a function of the narrative and the association and the meaning behind it, right? And so a lot of people, for example, want to take really fancy vacations a couple of times in a year, just like go all out and like, you know, uh, just have fun and, and be pampered. A lot of people, some people 
some people, again, don't want to do that. They want to go on like 12 trips and backpack some of them and just get to know a lot of different areas. And there's, of course, happy mediums as well. Again, it's not a function of bank accounts, a function of their perspective and their meaning behind why this matters and why they want to do it this way. So, so lifestyle, like, you know, I live in New York City. I'm a city person. I don't, one never knows, you know, I don't, I I don't know, I don't have a crystal ball, but I don't think I'm going to be living in a farm anytime soon, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not, that's not part of my core DNA, right? So if somebody wants to live in the mountains and, you know, do something 99% of the time and they're not city people, you know, there's going to be tough conversations. And so those are the general premises, right? That, 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 that I would kind of work under. And then you deep dive. And one of the things that's the most important driver for enduring, fulfilling relationship is the stuff that most of us do not prioritize, myself included, for many years, years ago, right? Before I knew what really mattered. And that's emotional health and fitness, okay? So every time you're in a relationship with somebody, whether it's partnership, marriage, whatever, you know, dating for a longer term, six months, a year, whatever it is, you're not only dating them, you're dating all of their history, you're dating all of their family history, you're dating their dysfunction, you're dating their patterns, you're dating, that's all the stuff you're really literally going to bed with, right? So, so I would, um, and why does that matter? We all have stuff. Listen, we all have emotional baggage that, that makes us human being. The whole point isn't to resolve all those issues. It, 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 there's no destination where like, I'm done resolving all these things. I can now move on to other things. Like that doesn't happen. It's a lifelong endeavor. It's an approach. Okay. So find people who have a similar growth oriented mindset, who are also interested in doing and exploring these things with you. It's not about having all the answers. It's about having similar approach to how you want to navigate these things. So growth mindset is, in my opinion, one of the most important things. And what that means for me, I know that word gets thrown out a lot, but that means for me is you are willing to look inward, become, you know, uh, have greater self-awareness over time and take accountability and responsibility for the choices you make. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a lifelong endeavor. It's never, you know, right now, if you're not interested in that, it's really hard to be with somebody who's not interested in that in the same context for a long time. Right. Yeah. Does that resonate? Yeah. So, so yeah. So emotional health is really important. Now let's break it, break it down some more. What are some of the specific traits that actually are really, really helpful for relationship skills? Empathy the number one thing that's the most difficult thing. It sounds so simple, simple. It's all, this is all simple. It's hard to implement though. Simple is hard to implement, right? Simple is doing hard stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. So empathy, right? Taking the perspective of the other. Now this sounds great, but when you're in the middle of a fight, very difficult. This is why there's value in practicing these things beforehand because it's like meditating, right? You don't like Mm -hmm. start to meditate for the first time when you're in the middle of a crisis. It doesn't work that way. If you, the practice of doing it every day sets you up to respond to things differently in the moment of chaos and crisis, right? That's why these relationship skills take practice and they take, you know, getting used to because it's difficult. It's fun. It requires vulnerability. It requires being wrong. It requires putting our egos aside. It, it requires doing things in the greater good of the relationship. That's another skill that's really skill that um, approach that's really important for relationship. You want to put the greater good of the relationship ahead of each of your stuff, mm. right? So there's shared, it's not only shared value and vision, but it, it, it goes beyond our feelings. Feelings come and go, by the way, yeah. they're not based on facts. One day you're going to love the person five years from now, you may hate them for, <laughs> for a couple of days or for a week, right? It happens, yeah. right? So you can't rely on your feelings to take you through those times. And everyone has good and bad times, you know, yeah. very many, many times over, right? So, um, so empathy, yeah, communication skills, conflict management, so mm-hmm. important, mm-hmm. okay? Don't ever marry or get in a serious relationship with anyone unless you see them fight because you can okay. tell- a whole host of stuff about their emotional health. Oh yeah. And how self-aware they are by how they fight. And by the way, you, you ladies, I'm sure have heard of the Gottman Institute and John and Julie mm-hmm. uh, Gottman. So I'm a huge fan, of course. And um, they can predict with about 90% accuracy yeah. by watching how you fight 
that you're gonna get a divorce so or not. Crazy. I remember yeah. like learning about that and I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. Mind blowing. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So conflict management skills, very confronting. Listen, relationships are very confronting. They trigger us. Yeah. Okay. So it's not finding people who are not gonna trigger us. There's no such thing. It's finding people in those moments, you're like, okay, we're not gonna blame each other. Let's just figure out what's going on here. Not perfectly, right? Yes. Let's 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 take responsibility for our stuff and come together and talk about it and then repair and do it, you know, course correct. That's the kind of person that you want to be with. It's the, it's a mindset and it's an approach, and it's also it's also work. Yeah. Most, most people don't want to do more work. It's really true. Wow, there is so much, Eunice. Thank you so much for laying that all out. And there's so much in there that is like so incredible. Two things that really stood out to me in terms of what I see like a lot of women in their 20s doing is mm -hmm. the one thing you said, and I, I think they're in a way connected in, in where I'm going to take it. But um, the one thing is like what you said about like, what are your goals? And then like, are you what how are you actually spending is what you're doing actually in pursuit of yes. that or, yes. or contributing to that? Because I think yes. a lot of the times we could say we want something or we can yes. think or know that we want this serial yes. thing, but are not actually spending the time or with the people or doing the things that are going to get us there. Yes. But we can yes. trick ourselves into thinking that we are because we're saying that we want it or we're thinking that we want it. No, yes. I've definitely been there. And then the other piece of it is what you said about the growth mindset, mm -hmm. which to me, I actually haven't heard in the context of, of dating. Really? Uh, yeah. Which is, wow. which it totally okay. makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I just haven't heard that, like that description with, in terms of with, with dating. And yeah. I think it's so freaking important. And I, something I very much value and realize now, but I think so in those two things, I think oftentimes people like settle feels like not the right word, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. for lack of a better word, like settle or like just stay with someone or just pick someone because yeah. like, they're like kind of it, but not mm -hmm. like actually it like sure. in, in, in an uneloquent way. So how do someone maybe in a relationship like that, like, how do you discern Yeah, if, you know, if you're kind of just saying the thing and not really doing the thing, or if your yeah. growth mindset is actually aligned, because I think we like, you can, can try to convince yourself that yes it is yes for fear yeah. of not finding someone better or at all or sure. whatever that may be yeah no that's a, those are great questions julian and you packed a lot in there so let me try to break yeah, some take, of your down. Time. <laughs> take your time no, those are great questions great questions very thoughtful i appreciate them um so the simple answer is yes you're exactly right there's there's values and there's aspirational values and a lot of people Think that our values or our priorities are actually what they are aspirational they're not reality right how do we know it's very simple look at the results that's it look at the results if you think that you have excellent communication skills and in the context of relationships by the way because you can be you can be an english lit major and suck at communicating in an intimate relationship they're two, two separate things right yeah. so if you think you're you really got some conflict management skills down but you keep having the same recurring issues and everyone's pissed off and no one comes back together to repair, like look at the results, okay? It doesn't mean that the partner didn't have a mix in that or didn't influence that outcome, but the only person you can control is you, right? Yeah. And one person can drive the dynamic and shift the dynamic of a relationship in a, in a remarkable way, by the way. So don't, you know, don't, don't think that one person can't do a lot in the context of a relationship. Um, so yeah, just look at the results. That's all it is. You know, if we're not getting the results we want, whether it's in our dating life, whether it's in our careers, whether it's getting a promotion, whether it's you name it, right? Then, then you know, I like to work backwards. Here are my goals. What are the small actionable steps that I need to take on a daily basis over time, by the way, because we need to be patient. All yeah, great things absolutely. in life don't happen overnight for most of us, okay? So, so be patient and then strive for that. Mm -hmm. And as you get new data, make adaptations to it mm, yeah okay because a lot of people have this idea and then they're they go on this trajectory and like i've already invested so much time at some cost you know right. and this and that and they don't want to readjust they're like oh my gosh i have new data data new information but i'm just going to ignore that because 
I've already invested five years in this or something else, right? That's true for shifting careers. It's true for getting out of relationships. And so many people stay in unfulfilling and I would even say unhealthy, not everyone, obviously, but unhealthy many relationships out of fear. Yeah. Fear yeah. is the answer, or the reason behind like 99% of the problems we have, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, actually, I, I want to ask something about that. What? Because I feel like we either know people or have heard of things where people either haven't fully admitted yet to themselves that they might not be in the best situation or relationship or mm-hmm, something, mm-hmm. or like going back to the thing we mentioned before, are afraid of being alone. So yeah. what for someone that's in a place where they're like, mm, I don't know if this person's my person, like yeah. stuff like that, what would you say to them? Like, how would you say they would or wouldn't know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so a couple things. Yeah, and I, I that's a great question as well. Um, so a couple things. I would say focus on how they make you feel. And I don't mean I don't mean, oh, I feel giddy, I have butterflies when I'm not with them. I don't mean that kind of feeling, which is great too, by the way. Mm-hmm. If you stay if you're still, right? Do they make you feel safe? Mm-hmm. Do they make you feel like home? Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you bring your full self to the table? We all have parts of ourselves, every single person, the the good self, the ugly self, the crying self, the mad self, the the self, the parts of us that we are haven't fully accepted ourselves yet, the stuff, parts of us that we're ashamed of, right? Um, the parts of us that we're embarrassed by, can we show up authentically and be ourselves and be accepted for that? Because from that place of acceptance and safety, you can build a, a great, that's a great foundation to build from, right? So like, I I like to use the analogy of a house. You can have the fanciest house with all the, you know, the latest gadgets and trinkets and everything else, right? And then, but if you realize that the cement they used was cut with water, you know, like 10 years from now, it's going to crumble, right? So you need a really strong foundation. And so I would say, think about, and then think about what are your needs? What are your core needs? There's a difference between your core needs and your wants, by the way. Your, your partner is not obligated to fulfill all of your desires nor your needs, yep. okay? So yes, they should amplify your happiness. They should, you know, they should, there should be a lot of fun and a lot of good together, but they're not responsible for making you happy, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so what, what are the needs and what, what are the reasons you're staying for this relationship? What, what core needs does this person meet? And vice versa, what core needs of theirs do you fulfill, mm, right? Yeah. Um, so those are some of the things that I would start asking questions about. And listen, we've all been, you know, a party to relationships that we know, like, that's not going to work out, right? <laughs> right. Uh, the divorce rate is 50% for a reason. It's even, it's close to 70% for seven, second time marriages. There's a reason for that, by the way. All those people, you know, out of the 50 remaining percent who are not divorced, I would guesstimate about half of them are happy, okay? It doesn't mean, listen, I'm not trying to scare people off. Like oh. marriages and relationships are a beautiful thing, but, but do it, you know, pick, the person you pick kind of make, makes a difference, right? It can be easier. Yeah. It's hard work, but it can be a little bit easier. So, um, so those are some of the things that you want to figure out. And then also I would say, you know, it's no, you, we can't change anybody. We can't change anybody. So unfortunately people, and fortunately people have to, I think the best thing we can do as a friend is to, yes, be, you know, share our truth lovingly, but it's their journey and they have to come to those realizations on their own. Right. And so, um, so, you know, I think that's the, that's really the best thing we can do. Of course, be honest and be truthful if they ask and do it lovingly, but it's everybody's journey and they have to figure out for themselves, right? It's like, it's like a parent and a child. If you, if a parent tells you, this is what you should do and you don't want to do it, like you're going to have to figure out for yourself at some point, right? Either by making a mistake or whatnot. So, yeah. um, so same thing there. It kind of leads me to my next question. And for some, cause you were talking about, you know, what do you, what do you really, how do they make you feel? What do you want? Are they, are they yeah. p- providing these things for you? I think sometimes, especially like women in their twenties, there can be an issue of like self, like a lack of self-worth or like Mm -hmm. not really even knowing what Mm -hmm. they want or need for someone because of, and I think a lot of times it is related to like self 
worth at this age, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, especially in the age of social media, like we had talked about earlier. But yeah. Yeah. and I know that your program, you it talks a lot about like laying a, a blueprint for raising yes. like your energetic frequency to attract yes. the type of person that you really do want. Mm-hmm. So how can we get real with what we do want with our worth and then raising our energetic frequency to have the right match for that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great question. So the, the simple answer and I'll, you know, deep dive, but the simple answer is be the person you want to attract, become the person you want to attract. That's the simplest answer. Okay. It doesn't mean, listen, it doesn't mean that if you have to match, like it's not scorekeeping it's not exactly the same but if we are for example emotionally unavailable or parts of us are emotionally unavailable we're not going to attract most of us we're not going to attract people that are emotionally attract uh, available either right it just doesn't work that way so whatever is important to you cultivate that and build that and lean into it um and uh that's the best way of attracting what you want that's really the, the short, short end of it. Now, self-worth, feeling not good enough, by the way, is for men and women both, 99% of the world's ailments. It is absolutely true. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like 10 years of therapy right there, right? So, <laughs> so but yeah, and thousands of dollars I'm saving everybody now. <laughs> um, so this, these are some of the things, practical things that we can do to boost our self-worth. It, it comes down back to daily practices and promises that we make to ourselves Mm. so what are simple everything starts simple by the way it's all about it's consistency that matters it's not the intensity and the grand grand gestures that matter you know uh, in our daily lives and creating habits so what are small simple things that you can do promises that you can make every single day Mm. okay that's how you build self-worth that's how over time you're going to realize oh geez you know what I, I can deal with this I, because I, I, I got, I have, I got me, like I have my back, you know, I can, I can rely on myself. Right. And I'm not, this isn't about be self-sufficient and don't rely on other people. That's not what I mean. Right. This is, do you actually, you know, do you love yourself? Do you have self-compassion for yourself? Can you rely on yourself? So my definition of confidence is not having all the answers, not figuring it all out is on, is knowing that you will be okay on the other side of pain, hardship, trials, tribulations. That is confidence. Yes. Okay. It's saying, you know what? I got me. I'm going through this really hard thing right now, but I know I will be okay. Yes. Oh my goodness. Literally, I, I like want to scream it because Julie and I talk about this all the time when it comes to keeping promises we make to ourselves. And you're talking yes. self-worth, we're talking confidence. Um, and we always say like, you could start small, like these yes. promises really do add up. And I yes. think that that's the biggest thing we've learned throughout the past couple of months, especially is like learning to keep these promises to ourselves. The more that we do, the more self-belief we gain, the more we recognize our self-worth and the more that we just start to trust ourselves with like yes. keeping our word, you know? Yes. And I think that really impacts the way we show up in our relationships. We were just recording um, an episode, we do our solo episodes and we were just talking about, Julia had asked me over the past couple of months, like how have I shifted in my own romantic relationship? And I said, you know what? I think so much of me gaining a lot of confidence in who I am and what I bring to the table has solely up level with my romantic relationship because yes. I felt less of this, <clears throat> you know, like as if I used to feel years ago, like that, that my boyfriend was doing me a favor by dating me, you know, like, mm-hmm. as if like, Oh, like, lucky me that someone will give me the attention. Whereas now I'm like, heck yeah, I deserve yeah, that. Absolutely. You know? So I, yeah. I just love that you said that because it's something that I think yeah. while we're working through our twenties years, it can be, it can be difficult to feel so sure of where we are or where we're going just because there's so much that we want to do so much. We want to be so many expectations we set or comparison that we have yes. uh, to other people in our world. So I, I just, I love that you said that. And kind of, oh, I feel like there's so, there's so many things that we could talk about, but to respect <laughs> your time, um, something that I think a lot of people tend to go through in their twenties is some sort of heartbreak. So mm-hmm. what advice would you give to someone that's maybe going through heartbreak right now in this season and mm-hmm. how to garner the courage to kind of jump back into the dating scene after a breakup? Yeah. Yeah. So heartbreak is real. 
at any age. And so is love, right? Love doesn't change when you're 70 versus when you're 20, by the way. It's just, you know, our approach to it might shift, but love is love and heartbreak is heartbreak. And so for anyone who's going through heartbreak right now, the, the message I want to share is that you're not alone and you don't have to be alone with this. Reach out to some good friends or people, you know, lean into self-care, right? However, that means it's not self-care for me. Isn't just about getting a massage, although I love getting massages or, you know, having a nice glass of wine or whatever it is. It's also, uh, you know, take some time to grieve, by the way. Grieving is good. Grieving is very cathartic. It's healthy. Okay. Because most people, when they break up, they're not actually breaking up with the person. They're grieving a number of things. Um, yes, the person, they can miss it because there's real attachment that takes place, right? There's real chemical bonding that takes place with somebody. But most of us are really grieving the loss of what could have been this dream life that we imagined that we created in our heads, okay? Just as much as they're grieving the person, right? I mean, the reason it, most relations break up is because they're, they're not, there's, there's not a good match for some reason on some level, right? So there's real data to say this isn't actually the right person for me, but you know our emotions are not logical in that man, in that in that way. So so take the time to grieve and take the time to lean to you know lean on safe relationships with people who can really be there for you. Um, and then when you when you when you have a little bit of time for yourself, then do a relationship autopsy. Okay, uh, figure out. Healing doesn't take place as a, it's healing is not a function of time, by the way, it's what happens and what we do in the, in that time. Right. So we all know people, maybe, maybe you don't, but you know, who gotten over what we think, think was a really meaningful relationship. And they're like, Oh, we're fine. They're like dating the next day and blah, blah, blah. And then 10 years later, they have a huge breakdown and we don't know why. Right. So, cause all that stuff, all that gets all that unresolved stuff stays with us. It doesn't, ever go away on its own, right? So, so do the work, you know, work with a therapist if you can, you know, um, work with professionals. The friends of family are great supporters, but they're not experts in this stuff. And so they're diff it's, it's a different path. It's a different journey, right? But do a relationship autopsy, figure out, hey, what works for me? What, what did I like? What didn't I like? What are my patterns? Do I see a pattern? What's going on here? What, what did I bring to the table that I might wanna do differently the next time? What did I like about this person? What are the reasons we broke up? What do I not like about the person? So do a review and reflect and then be honest about it. Like I use, I love the term that I use, which is radical. It's not my term, I didn't create it. It's radical honesty with the self, radical self-honesty. Um, also ask your, some of your trusted advisors, like give, ask for feedback. Hey, what do you see? Do you see a pattern that I'm not seeing? We all have blind spots, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then when you feel like you're kind of ready, because no one's going to be 100% ready after heartbreak, right? Because there's going to be a part of us that are going to be, you know, fearing, getting hurt again, and et cetera, et cetera. So when you feel like you're like 55, 60% ready, then go out and have fun. Go out and have fun. It doesn't have to be serious. Just go out and have some creating, creating fun, safe experiences, relational experiences is a great healing mechanism, right? Mm, yeah. I think that there's definitely people that are going to need to hear that. I think, yeah. I think it, so one can think, oh, I need to be like totally fully healed, quote unquote, whatever that means in mm -hmm. order to start dating again or to order in order to open yourself up again. And yes, of yeah. course you have to do some healing, of course, before you yeah. just like throw it out there, but sure. I, you know, there is of course that fear of like opening yourself up again. And if, if you're telling yourself the story of like, well, I need to be fully healed before I can even like start to open that up again. I think that you might miss an opportunity to like learn, learn some things along that, that initial dating again journey. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no such thing as fully healed. I don't right. even know what that looks like. You right. know what I mean? It's a journey yep. and it's a practice yep. and yeah, do some, some, you know, you're exactly right, Julia, do some reflection and, you know, in a work so that you, you understand kind of, you, so you can show up to your next relationship as a better version of yourself. Yes. Right. And I think to keep doing it, like, you know, just like once you're in the next, I think that's where people fall short too. Sometimes it's like, okay, I'll do the work you know, the healing work or the deep self work until I'm in my next relationship. And then they get in the next relationship and then they stop doing that work. Like, like you said, like healing never, it's not an end date. Like you have to continue to do that work 
in the next relationship or while you're dating these new people or while you're on the apps or whatever it is that yes like the next step yeah and you know every relationship is going to trigger us differently to some level right that's normal too because because that's what relationships are they're mirror to an inner world and they're going to trigger us and they're going to be confronting Mm. um so a lot of people say oh but i've done so much growth work why am i getting triggered again because you're a human being the difference the difference between being on this growth journey and not isn't that you're not going to have triggers again or it's not it's not that you're not going to have anxiety again it's not that you're never going to worry again it's that our relationship to those things change so when those things happen we don't completely freak out and break down we're like okay i noticed this all right let me reset here what's going on okay let's have a conversation about it with myself or with other you know right say, okay, this is not the end. Like what, what's let's, let's figure out what the underlying feelings are. And then now I've seen this before. Let's navigate it. Let's, let's mm-hmm. get it, get it, you know, get through it. So that's, that's, it's the relationship to these things that shift. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And I think something else that we've been saying about triggers in general is like an opportunity to learn, you know, like a lot of times when I've been triggered by certain things or have felt like a certain, which way it's so easy to fall into, you know, deep emotion and spirals and stuff. But really, if you take a step back and are just like, okay, what can I learn from this? And obviously mm-hmm. it's hard, especially if you do feel yeah. a visceral reaction. Um, but so many times when I feel like we've actually taken the time to process, okay, why am I reacting this way? Mm-hmm. Learned so much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wish I had both of your wisdoms when I was your age. My goodness. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, it really helps too if you have like a really good friend to bounce it off of. Like, cause mm-hmm. I know I've been in there. I've been in that when like something, you know, someone does something and it triggers something, but it's actually not at all what that person did. And yes. feeling confused, like, why is this coming up? And getting yes. to talk through that with someone that you really trust and that knows you well. And like, luckily I have Brenda for that. I'm very lucky, but. Yeah, that, and that's, you're exactly right. I mean, it's great. It's beautiful that you have each other and you've, you know, you've been on this journey together for so long. And that's the telltale sign, by the way, when we react disproportionate to the event, mm-hmm. it's not about the event. It's about something from the past that we're bringing to the table today. Yeah. That's the best way to kind of discern what that is. Absolutely. Oh yeah. my goodness. Eunice, I wish we could keep you for the entire night <laughs> because we didn't even like get to like half the things that we want to talk about, but this was so incredible. So you're going to have to come back. Yeah. I'd love to. This was so much fun. Are we out of time already? That went by so fast. Yeah, wow. I know. Yeah. We want to ask you two quick questions before yeah, yeah, we let yeah, you yeah, know sure. that we absolutely have to ask because we ask all our guests. Um, but if you could tell your 20s year old self one thing about dating, what would you tell her? Yeah. So there are two things, and I know you asked for one, but there are two things yes. that I would, that, that uh, come to mind. One is when people show you who they are, believe them. I believe that's a Maya Angela quote. And, you know, again, that there's so many repercussions, re- rippling impact of understanding, accepting people for who they are. Right. Because we don't want it, then we won't choose projects. We won't try to, to overstand relationships to change people. You know, a lot of people think that if I loved them enough or more, it could fix this issue or it, acceptance is really the key to life. And once we accept things as they are, not as we wish them to be, whether it's a job, it's people, it's friendship, it's family, it's whatever, whatever it is, right? There's immense freedom to make choices that are empowering for us. Right. So it's a beautiful thing if we can get to that place. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing I would say is stop worrying. <laughs> it's all going to it's all going to work out the way it's supposed to. Don't I spent so much time, you know, excessively worrying about stuff that like I had no control over. Right. Yeah. So so um, worrying is praying for what you don't want. And so, you know, there's if you can, there's two things you can do if you worry a lot. Is there something that you can do to to change the situation? If the answer is yes, go do that. If the answer is no, let it go. If you're not okay with the situation, you can leave. Mm. Those are the three options, right? None of them are easy. Some are are hard, you know, you have to learn to do hard things. Um, But some hard things are required for the greater good of kind of who we are becoming. So Mm. those are the two things that I would say, stop worrying. Don't, you know, channel Mm. that to creating, co-creating your life, your dream life. Oh, that's so powerful. I know so many people are going to need to hear that one Mm -hmm. and be grateful for the Mm -hmm. reminders. 
Thank you. Um, and our last question is where can people find you if they want to connect with you, if they want to work with you, or if they just want to get take a look at your stuff and hear from you? Yeah. Um, thank you for asking. So I have one social media presence, <laughs> which is just on my Instagram. So my Instagram handle is art of dating NYC. Um, so if you want to, you know, if you want to, I, I always look at comments and that's a good way to, to interact with me. I don't always get the chance to, to review all of my DMs or to respond to them, you know, but I appreciate all, all of the feedback. And so that's a good way to follow and uh, to get to know me on a personal level. And also I try to share really value-driven, practical uh, relationship tools and skills that we can all kind of implement and it's for free, right? So that's a good way, good re free resource. And then you can also check out my art, uh, website, artofdatingnyc.com. And, um, you know, I haven't visited my website since I launched it. So I've been meaning to redo it since I launched <laughs> it, by the way. But, you know, other things kept me busy. Other things are more important. Yeah, other things kept me busy. So maybe that's in the future. But um, certainly you can, you know, you can email me through that platform. And if you're interested in learning more about my work and potentially working with me as a client, then you can go through that channel as well. Incredible, Eunice. Thank you so, so much for your time and your wisdom. This has been really, really fun. We can't thank you enough. Oh, thank you both, Julia and Brenda. You, you guys are amazing. I'm so inspired by such young folks like yourself, young ladies who are actually, you know, really doing, practicing, living in alignment and really doing good things for, for yourself and for others. I mean, it, it's really inspiring. It's really inspiring. I was just, I, again, I wish I had that kind of foresight and wisdom when you were, when I was your age. So, you know, you so I, I think much. you guys have a very bright future and journey together. Oh. And so I look forward to kind of hopefully, um, you know, crossing paths with you again. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Goodbye, everybody. All right. Take care. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With, with love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.